Hi, Vicki with Vicki Wu Marketing, bringing you another great interview with an entrepreneur. And I'm really excited today to have Jasmine Haley with Beyond the Profi. She empowers entrepreneurial women like us to overcome fear and self-doubt and scale their business to six figures and more. And I really love that because my goal is from the marketing side to help people scale to six, seven, eight, nine, ten. How big do you want to go? <laughs> this is Vicki Wu, and as always, we're talking about the best tips for marketing your small business. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of the latest updates. She's going to share some great tips today about entrepreneurial burnout, avoiding that burnout. We've all been experiencing it at one point or another, especially right now with COVID. And it's it also ties into how you build a legacy in your business. And so I can't wait to hear her tips. Before we get that far, though, I want to ask you to tell us why you started your business and kind of a little bit more about what you do. Thank you so much, Vicki, for having me on, first of all. Okay. <laughs> I'm very excited. It's always interesting to be on the other end because I also have a podcast as well. So you're so used to controlling things, right? And it's like, ah, now it's up to someone else. But um, I'm actually looking forward to chatting with you. When I got into business, I stumbled upon it. It wasn't like I woke up and said, ah, you know, like you have the sun come on you and you're just like, I have been ordained as an entrepreneur. No, um, it did not happen that way. In fact, I happened to be as uh, in academia, as a college educator for four years, and I wound up getting extremely burnt out. I was in a very, very toxic work environment. So I had left as a clinician, specifically a dental hygienist. I went into college teaching and I wind up being put into an environment and the culture that was, a, you dealt with a lot of toxicity, a lot of microaggressions, and no matter what you did, it wasn't good enough or you always had to worry about something happening because someone decides to bully you in the workplace. I mean, those are the things that I dealt with for four years and I tried my best. So not only did I have to serve my students, I had to also take care of my family. I had to also take care of myself. And unfortunately, I didn't know how to do that. What I found was that because of my own trauma in my own life, other things I hadn't healed from, and I'm gonna go even deeper, things my mother didn't heal from, that chronic stress brought up a whole bunch of stuff. So I wind up going to the hospital on a regular basis, thinking that I didn't know where this ho horrible gastrointestinal pain was coming from. The tests were negative. I wasn't even 30 years of, of age at that time. Nothing was pointing to what was the reason why. And then finally, you know, I was able to see it was chronic stress. My mother, unfortunately, passed away while I was in that, that program, and it was a catalyst to change of me realizing that I was playing too small. So I decided to leave that job after four years and after the death of my mother, and we'll talk about legacy and what that means to me now, but I decided to start my business and use my guy-given talents to go out into the world. There weren't any other teaching jobs at that point. I decided to get some side teaching jobs here and there as I started building a brand and I built that to six figures or more. Um, and I did that as a wife. I did that as a mother of two small children. I did that as a graduate student. I happened to be working on my master's degree. I mean, I was nuts, but I did it. And so that's what led me to doing the work that I do. 
And recently I've pivoted to help women specifically do the same. It's a similar story in a way to a lot of the entrepreneurs who come onto my podcast and what I experienced as well. You have some kind of burnout at work. In my case, it was overwork, 80 hour work weeks, and you just can't sustain that. And we start the entrepreneurial journey, sometimes with a little fear because of other things we, you know, commitments in our life, yeah. but we find a great way to, excuse me that I forgot the exact phrase you said, but kind of like no more holding back. You, you yeah. find you use your God-given talents and then suddenly you're up leveling personally. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Thank you. So we talk a lot about how businesses get started and why. So I want to know what were your biggest marketing issues when you started your business? I didn't know what marketing was. (laughs) That's a big issue. (laughs) That's a big problem. Okay. Um, I didn't even know what in the world marketing was. In fact, I, I handled my business the first year with just pure intuition. I didn't even realize that when I was right, because I started off with a blog, right? As I was building my brand, I didn't realize that when I was inviting people on to interview, I was cross-marketing. Like I didn't know like that I was leveraging that or collaborating and, and doing joint ventures and things of that nature that were helping me build my brand. I just did because I was like, this made me feel awesome, you know? So I would say my biggest hurdle was I, I didn't understand what it was. But for some reason, thank you, Lord, I understood how to build a brand from scratch just by trusting my intuition and doing it organically. But organically gets you but so, so far, you know, at some some place you've got to have some strategy, some systems in place. And so I'd use a lot of my gut and just a lot of organic networking and getting out there, whether it was speaking So I did it multiple ways. It was speaking, it was podcasting, it was blogging, all forms of of marketing myself in in the industry that I was in. It's going to sound counterintuitive, but (laughs) the fact that you didn't even know what marketing is probably kind of saved you a lot of time and frustration. Because one of the things I hear a lot is when clients come to me and they're like, oh, I took this person's course and this person's course, and they've taken, you know, 20 different people's courses and they still haven't really learned a lot. Obviously they've learned some and the information was all like contradicting with each other. And so the fact that you kind of trusted your gut and maybe didn't fall into all of those different courses and get even more confused probably actually helped you a bit. And I think we all at some level inherently understand at least the basics of what we need to do. And sometimes you do need to trust your gut. Yeah. And, and I love that you grew organically because when we talk about marketing with our clients, there's always two facets. One is paid advertising. Advertising is a piece of marketing. And that's what For example, on Google, I can almost guarantee you, yeah, I can get you at the top of the front page. It just depends on how much you want to spend. The organic is what gets you the results long-term ongoing without having to spend those ads. So yeah, you do need a mix of both at some point. It's just when is kind of the question. Yeah. As you were talking, I was just thinking like for me, we had two small kids. So I was bootstrapping. Yes. I, you know, I didn't have the, I didn't, I didn't want to spend the money <laughs> on a, on a course. 
you know, and so I think that was also a factor for me being in grad school and realizing that I, I only had but so much of a budget. So I either get over myself and stop this perfectionist type of thinking, you know, because I'm an ambitious woman that was used to checking boxes and like everything has to be right. Like for me to be a dental hygienist, you have to get every single piece of deposit off of someone's teeth, right? Like you can't miss, you would get like huge things when you were in school. So like I was so used to a structure, even academia, you follow a syllabus, this is what you do. But in entrepreneurship, the game is different y'all. It is completely different. And I'm actually thankful now as I'm thinking about as you're talking that, yeah, I didn't take all those courses because the people that come to me now, my clients, they've taken all of them and they are clueless on where to start. (laughs) It's too much information. Yes. Half of it's wrong. I see people that are billing themselves as, as marketing experts and I still hesitate to say that. And I've been doing marketing for 30 years and at really high, you know, CMO level for a major, you know, a $3.5 billion corporation. Yeah. I guess that probably qualifies me as an expert, but I see these people who started helping their friend with social media a month ago, and now suddenly they're an expert and they're (laughs) sharing bad advice. And I just cringe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's true. There's a, and, and you know what? Here's the thing for anyone right now that's listening, that's like on the fence of going forward with your dreams. Like, just think about that expert that's been doing it for a month. <laughs> really? I mean, exactly though. It's like, but, if they can do it, why can't you? <laughs> yeah. But if we, for, for women, we feel like I've got to get this certification. I got to get this in place. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. And you often see, like, even I joke, like my husband and I have been married for 13 years. We've been together for 19. Okay. He was my high school sweetheart. Okay. And this man thinks, because he's been with me for this long, that he is already a self, uh, I don't know, described dental hygienist. So he feels like he can do his job better than me. And this is, and normally men are like that. They're like, they just need to read one little small paragraph. Boom, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to hit the road. But women, we feel like we have to have everything perfect, everything just right to be able to get to a place of profitability, to be even be able to have a successful business. And we got to stop that. You know? Yeah, that's at my first full-time job out of high school because I went back to college as an adult with kids, with five kids volunteering, working full-time. I feel Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that very first full-time job, it was actually at a newspaper and they have daily deadlines. Not like some of these things that you can plan something. If you're writing a book, you don't write it in a day. You've got you know, 24 months, but at a newspaper, it's a daily deadline. And I was a perfectionist. I I still am. I'm a recovering perfectionist. We, I had to learn then that sometimes good enough is okay. You have to, at some point, get it as done as you can, because the deadline is there and it's got to print. And I can't be the one person in the whole building holding up the newspaper for all the people tomorrow, you know? So 
that was one of my hardest lessons to learn. And I'm so glad I learned it at a really young age. Yes. Take us through how your business has grown and changed. And especially if there's anything that has caused you to do some pivoting because of COVID. It's changed a lot because of me figuring it out. And if anyone ever hears uh, entrepreneurs tell you that they've got it all figured out and their <laughs> business is exactly how it started, they are straight lying to you, okay? So my business has evolved based on, on me understanding who I am. So I feel that entrepreneurial journey is a spiritual journey. I had to get to know myself and fully step into who I am in those layers as I started diving deep in that way. That's what started the evolution of my own business. So for three and a half years, I spent serving just dental professionals. January 2020, I decided to make a pivot and start a new brand that was supposed to debut April 2020. Lo and behold, here comes the pandemic, right? So, you know, when I built my business prior, I had continuing education events. I would host several different types of events. I was speaking all over the country. I had online options for people that could not come to my events. So I diversified my income in my business. But when I decided to do my pivot in January 2020, I realized April 2020, I'm going to have to rethink how I was doing my business. And so I knew already I was going to start a membership again for women who want to scale and grow their business. But what I was not anticipating was the amount of mindset work I needed to do in this pivot because I had come from months of having, you know, five figure months and then coming into the midst of a pandemic in the middle of a brand change and not seeing those same figures at the beginning of the year. And it was, it took me back. So I realized in this process of pivoting in my business, how big of an ego problem most entrepreneurs have. And most of us feel, well, just because you've had some success in a business that wasn't based online, this is the wild, wild west, y'all. Okay. And online business is a wild, wild west. <laughs> it is tough. It's hard. Um, and it, and it's so important for you to remove the ego because the ego is going to tell you, well, don't go out and, and, and follow up one more time. You've already sent them a follow-up. Oh, you know, just because you post this one post on social media, that's automatically going to solve all your problems and make your business grow. Like, there's ego involved in some of the decisions that we make that prevent us from really growing. So I would say my evolution is based on my own spiritual journey. And I wish I knew sooner that it was okay for me to pivot because I would have pivoted before 2020. I was scared to do that. I felt that I wasn't enough. I felt that somebody would say, well, who wants to learn from somebody that picks teeth, you know? <laughs> And it's like, I'm somebody more than, you know, like I've, I've great, created this amazing brand, these, these community people that follow me. I've created a six-figure business, even though I, you know, grew up in the hood of New York City. Like, yes, you want to learn from me. So I had to get to a place of getting comfortable with that. And a lot of the growth and changes in my business's business had to, was all in direct relation to me having my come to Jesus moments. <laughs> I understand that too. And it's interesting how there's so many similarities, even though the similarity is different. Yeah. I worked at nonprofits, part of my history. 
doing marketing and fundraising. So basically Mm -hmm. sales and marketing and at a nonprofit, you learn to, that you have to let go of your ego really quickly. If you're in that position and you can't let go of your ego, it actually damages how much you can get done. It was a shelter for homeless teens, my last nonprofit job. And these are teens without parents. Either they've been abused or the parents have just, you know, deserted them, whatever. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't let go of my ego so that I could get more done, it impacted those kids. So Mm -hmm. I feel you there. And Mm -hmm. if it was as easy as putting one post on social media, people wouldn't need me. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, hello. <laughs> that's better than nothing. That's better than zero. If that's if that's yeah. the only thing you've done, please do more of that. But yeah, definitely yeah. it you have to do it starts snowballing. And at some point, if you can really focus when you're ready to bring in some help and learn how to focus, then it starts snowballing faster and it can be really, really great. Yep. So what in your business right now has you most excited? I am most excited with having a great staff. I have three incredible women right now. I have executive assistant, Bianca, community manager, accountability coach, Aikisha, and Jenny. I also have a host of other people like a podcast editor and all these great people that are helping me maintain my brand. So I'm most excited with the fact that I am going to be pushing myself to levels I've never pushed myself to. My big audacious goal, y'all, my big audacious goal is to make 300K for 2021. Have I done this before? No. Am I scared? Yes. Am I excited? Absolutely. So here I am now continuing to push myself to the next level. And, and I'm just excited for that and, it, and, and going forward and knowing that whether or not I make it, I am creating the foundation to support that. And my success isn't tied to that outcome. It's more so the fact that I'm breaking generational curses and I'm showing my own children that even when mommy's scared, she's going out there and, and is going to give it a good try. I love that. I love, I'm a huge fan of big, hairy, audacious goals. I've (laughs) implemented some in the past at uh, past jobs. I've got one in process right now here. It takes a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. Once you do it, it's amazing what can happen. And if you don't put that big goal, you're still going to achieve something. Yeah. And sure, if you throw it out there that you have a huge goal, maybe you don't get it, but you're going to get way further than you are today. So I, you have to have a goal that excites you. It has to be big enough to excite you. Yes. So, it should scare I, you a little bit too. It, it should, should scare, scare you a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Just if a little bit. <laughs> not scared. If you're not scared, you're not playing big enough. <laughs> so now that you, you've had to pivot and we're dealing with COVID, what's your biggest marketing issue right now? And maybe I can share some advice. So I would love to hear from you, your expertise for someone like me who's pivoting into a new brand. Um, I think it's great to kind of hear what a marketing specialist would say in regards to someone that is pivoting from one industry to another. 
Um, I, I know that right now I spend a lot of my time building organic relationships with individuals and know that this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. So for someone that is pivoting, um, like myself and moving to another brand, what would you say some of the critical steps that they should take, like three important steps that they should consider? One of them, it's something that you're already doing. And I love that your intuition told you to do it that connecting with other people in a way that will push your content and your marketing out further without you having to pay for ads. So for example, on this podcast, I'm hosting it. You're also going to share it likely on your social media. So we both benefit from the other person being involved, that kind of collaboration where the other person is doing just as much promotion of the thing almost as you are can really be great. And all businesses can take advantage of that concept in some shape or form and at some level. And even your biggest competitor can actually end up being your biggest referral source in a lot of cases. So you don't need to be scared about partnering up with a bunch of people, talk with them and see how you can work together. Because for instance, even though I do marketing and I have a, over my career that has spanned a long time, I've done a lot of different types of marketing. There may still be somebody who maybe needs something that someone else could do better, even though I know it a little bit Maybe someone knows it better that I could refer them to, or maybe they just click with somebody else better. And they're like, well, you know, Vicki, I'd love to use you, but you know, I feel like I met my new best friend over here. That's great because next week they're going to click more with me and then want to connect with me. So don't be afraid to do those types of collaborations. And especially when you can use the concept of user generated content which to an extent is what we're doing on the podcast right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. When you can do those types of things, do it as well. The second item, when you're looking to kind of pivot, especially to a different industry, branding needs to always include your differentiation. So your unique service proposition, whatever you want to call it, but some of the things that may make you different than, you know, the guy down the street. And in the case of when you're switching industries, you can actually look at a lot of the concepts that you learned and used in your last industry to determine those differentiators to share. So for example, you mentioned that you couldn't leave, you know, one speck of plaque on teeth when you cleaned them. And that kind of focus on perfection can actually be a good selling point just like you used to get people's teeth sparkling white and fully clean, you bring that same level of care to what you do now. So we always have something that can directly relate. Yeah. You would think that at my last nonprofit job, a shelter for homeless teens, what could that remotely have to do with anything I do now? But I actually bring some of the concepts that either I learned during that time or developed as we went along in that time. And I use them every day in my work now. One of the big concepts from that is 
how to get those things done without money. Mm -hmm. When you have a nonprofit budget, but you still need to get things done. You can always find those differentiators that will set you apart from others in your new industry because they don't have that other experience. And then the third thing is I always want people just to start. And it relates a lot to what you've said, fearing perfection. We let it hold us back, but just start and do something, but you have to do something consistently. So especially talking your marketing, the more you do it and the more consistently you'll start to see results snowball. And one of the biggest gaps I see a lot of entrepreneurs have on their social media marketing, for example, because that's free. That's one of the free things that we can do. They don't ever reshare content. So they'll make content once like a post on their social media, or if they have a blog, they make a blog and then they share it once on their social media. Don't be afraid to go back and reuse your content because first of all, most people, it takes 11 times for them to see your message, mm -hmm. for it to even soak into the brain. Plus all these algorithms, the algorithm on social media, Google search algorithm, mm -hmm. they all kind of tie together to an extent. And remember, Johnny puts out a piece of content and the first time you see it and you click on it and go read it and interact with it, whatever. The next time Johnny posts that again, maybe you don't click on it, but because the algorithm remembers that that content already had engagement, it's going to push it out a little further ever so slightly. Yeah. And I, I can't measure that. That's really hard to measure. All I know is with thousands of clients, I see that that works, especially if it's informational, valuable to your reader, not sales. I'm not going to post every day. Hire me, hire me, hire me, hire me. You're going to get sick of seeing that. But my blog posts on my blog, I share them regularly. So about probably every three months, a lot of my, my main posts, the ones that are most popular, I'm reposting them about every three months. You're going to see it again. If you missed it three months ago, it's going to come around again and you're going to see it again. Don't hesitate and think, oh my gosh, what? I don't know what to post today. What am I going to do? I don't know a blog to write, whatever it is. Reusing your own content is one of the best ways organically to increase its reach of my, I think that was three, kind of my three yeah, tips of yeah. what I would recommend if you're trying to, especially a rebrand, reusing your new content will just help reinforce the message of what you're pivoting to now. So I'm on the right track. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Because I am repurposing like it's nobody's business. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I have a checklist for every, for each <laughs> podcast, whether it's an interview podcast or just my strategy and tips that I share. Yeah. I have a checklist of everywhere I post it, like, you know, today when I post, everywhere it goes. And then it's a spreadsheet that it fills in the next date that I need to repost it. And we just, oh, we that's just fantastic. Yeah. That is fantastic. Actually, if, everybody, if anybody needs that, I can share it with you. Just, you know, <laughs> drop a comment down below and I will send you a link to that. That is awesome. What do you wish someone had told you about being an entrepreneur before you started? What I wish I was told is that, Jasmine, you can make this business any way you see fit. In fact, you should build it around 
your strengths, your talents, and build it with ease around what's going to fit your life. You're going to hear a lot of messages. You're going to see a lot of gurus with millions of followers, and they're going to say, you must follow this template. And I would like to tell, I would tell myself, screw the template (laughs) and pick and choose what's necessary for you so that you continue to honor yourself, your values, and what's important to you. A lot of us are, we want this so bad. We want to be, you know, successful and whatever that is, whatever that definition is. Unfortunately, we get blinded by popularity and we think that, well, because this follower has 10,000 people, I must spend, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I want to encourage each of you. And this is what I would tell myself is just like, be true to who you are understand that you're going to be just fine and know that this is not a cookie cutter approach. It's about building something that you are happy with. If that means that you're going to diversify your income and have um, several offers that fall within the framework from what you teach, that's fine. So what if this girl says only have one, you know, you've got to diversify your income because that's what works for you and your family at this time. And so I think that That was one of the biggest revelations, even for myself now, again, a huge testimony now for myself in this uh, business pivot that I'm doing this year of sticking true to Jasmine and understanding that you got this girl, like you totally, you totally got this. You're brilliant. You're smart. Don't get confused by all of these messages out there. Trust that gut and intuition that you had from the very beginning that got you out of the streets of New York City and into where you are right now. It's so ironic that you said this because my company name used to be Vicky Wu Marketing Guru. It just flowed together so nicely. (laughs) But guru has such a bad connotation. Now, I am a guru. I'll tell you that. But all these other people who use it and it's gotten so such a bad rap that I literally took it out of my business name. And I see also, I'm not going to name names. If -hmm. anybody wants to know the name, shoot me a private message and I'll tell you why I feel this way and who it's about. Mm -hmm. But there's a big name person in the marketing field Mm -hmm. that has literally millions of followers and probably at least 50% of the time when I see his advice, I'm shaking my head. And going, that is not what maybe one small sliver of businesses that would work for. But mm-hmm. I prefer things that have been proven to work by the majority. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a solid strategy. You know, he's got millions of followers who are like, oh, he said this. And I'm like, that is bad advice. Mm-hmm. I know based upon 30 years of doing this, longer than he's been doing it. And granted, I don't have millions of followers yet because followers are a vanity number. People think he's a guru. He does have some good advice. Yeah. He did build his business. I know how he built his business, Mm -hmm. but not all of his advice works for the majority of businesses, but I have reasons why I don't follow him. And there's reasons why sometimes I shake my head at what's what's being said. Yeah. And I think a lot of us you know, I've worked with a lot of clients that, and people come to me because they're stuck. They are throwing a bunch of darts. They're not aiming at anything. <laughs> you know, they're just busy, but not really productive or being profitable. Or they've 
hired people who have jumbled up their brains so badly that they've lost their voice in understanding like what next steps. I have a client right now who is absolutely freaking amazing. And our session together, she cried so much because unfortunately, we have so much information coming at us that we think that there's something wrong with us. What people don't realize is that it's the magic of what makes you you. That's what makes your business beautiful. And when she finally was able to kind of like release that with some strategy, all right, these are the next steps you need to take to get more visibility, to get more profitable, but this is what I want you to do. And I gave her permission to step into being who she was. It was just like, boom, it was just, a weight was lifted off of her. She started showing up in a beautiful way and connecting with people. And she's ready now for that long game of building profitability in her business. There's a reason why she's stalled. Your intuition, your gut is telling you this isn't working. There's not enough coaches out there that are willing to honor that. Yes. You know? And we need to change that because I feel like we, we should stop teaching to just give a little bit and then you're still stuck. We should be teaching people to help release themselves from these these confines that they have or these cages that they put themselves in because when women especially women sorry for the for the men out there but especially women who are building businesses you know what they do with their money a lot of times they're giving it back they're building communities that they're, they're not only taking care of themselves they're taking care of a family you know and it's something really beautiful when we when we're able to all fulfill our dreams. We're happier. Our families are happier. Our children are happier. We're building that legacy, y'all, because we have a short time here on this earth. And let's, you know, let's make it count and be happy while we're doing it. I love that philosophy. One of the best things you can learn is to say no. Mm -hmm. In my case, my first year in business, I had connected with this coach. She has a program that she learned from another coach. You know, she took his course and is now teaching it and she's successful mm -hmm. with it and she's helping people. But my first year in business, she got talking to me kind of more about like how we could collaborate, but also, yeah, is, is there a service we can provide each other? That's fine. Mm -hmm. And I told her that at that point I wasn't looking for a six figure year and I wasn't looking to grow. She posted later that day, like on her Facebook, you know, I just don't understand. I talked to this person today and how can you not want to grow your business kind of thing? One thing it told me is that she didn't listen because I had explained why. And my why was 80 hour weeks that I had just come out of. And I needed time for body, mind, soul to recover. <laughs> and I, I knew what it would take to get my business there. And I knew that I couldn't physically do it at that point. I had explained that. And so it actually turned me off of coaching for a, you know, like getting a coach. Cause she's one that at that point, I probably would have, okay. You know, when I was ready, yeah, let's jump into it. And everybody needs somebody to help kind of clear away the distraction. Even if you're a coach, you often need yeah. a coach. It's like a yes. psychiatrist yes. needs a psychiatrist, you yep. know, yep. dental hygienist, you need your own dental hygienist. You know? Yes, right. Exactly. You know, my feeling was someone who, despite being told the story of why, it's the whole reason why I started my business. Yeah. That and wanting to help entrepreneurs. 
I'm like, if you can't even hear that and respect my decision with where I am as a, you know, my own life, my own person, then you're just not right, the right coach for me. So listening to your gut. And if something doesn't feel right saying no, no, thank you. Yeah. Next. Yeah. So I want you to share, we've talked a lot about, you know, what you do and, you know, the focus and changing mindset and all of this. So I want you to share whatever tips you want now with our audience on how to, we talked about avoiding entrepreneurial burnout and building a legacy business. Tell us what you've got. Um, so I'll, I'll leave you with um, basically my philosophy with scaling a business, um, whether I'm working with clients who are going from zero to their first 3K month, whether I'm going, working with clients who are getting to their first 10K month, or I'm working with my clients that are already making 10K months already right now, and they're, or 10K or more months, and they're already at a six-figure mark. What holds true is that my philosophy <laughs> works with each one of those stages, because it's really simple when it comes to looking at scaling a business. One of the first things that I noticed that women are not doing is getting really clear about what your goals are. So what the heck do you want? <laughs> and a lot of times we're so used to caring for our kids, caring for elderly parents, caring for our fur babies, you know, whatever, not even caring for ourselves that we, we get comfortable with the uncomfortable feeling of just being and saying, Jasmine, what do you want? And what does that look like for you? Get clear on what exactly that is. And then put a number to that. Because women are afraid to say, I want to make 10K months. I want to make 25K months, whatever it is. Put a number to that. And then I need you to get really clear on how you're going to get there. What offers are you going to make to get to that? Um, and then make sure that every single task that you task out for yourself is aligned with that particular goal. And if it's not, then you got to tell it to kick rock. Now, how can you get to a place of kicking, telling them to kick rocks? <laughs> I laugh at myself because I think of, you know, hear myself talk about some of these things, but you get to that place by first building confidence, understanding who you are, understanding your God-given talents, getting rid of some of that mind trash and getting so clear I mean, crystal clear on the direction of where you want to go in your business. You may not know all of the how, but you know where you want to end up, that end goal. And once you do that, then you need to, so that the first step is confidence. After the prep work, it's confidence. Then the next step is construct. You need to set up the systems for it. Some of you guys want, you, you, you want, uh, you get mad when you see someone making a $20,000 a month. And you don't have the systems in place, even if you got that type of influx into your business right now, you can't handle it. So you need to be building your business for five years from now. Like, how do I build up for that goal right now? In three years, I want to have a million dollar business. I can't do that right now, but I'm building the foundation for that. So your constructs are building your systems, learning a way to automate them so that you are not sitting up here tie down to your computer. You are setting yourself up with these systems so that you can hire a team. SOPs, y'all. Standard operating procedures. Get yourself organized. Figure out how you're going to, to take care of your clients, that client experience. That matters. Most of your income is going to come from people that are repeat customers. So how well are you treating them? 
And then thirdly, the final, um, final step of my framework is elevate. You've got to tell your story. You have to remain authentically who you are, and you've got to figure out the way that best fits your God-given talents to amplify your voice. It could be speaking, it could be blogging, it could be writing, I mean, whatever it is, and then hire out for whatever else doesn't work for you. And then that's it. (laughs) That is so easy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but that's what it is. Every, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who I'm speaking to, who I'm working with. It's the same concept over and over. That is what it is. And I practice the, the kick and rocks. You know, as a marketing professional, I, I'm creative. My brain is constantly creating things. And I have all these ideas of things I can do. And they're not all even related to this business. <laughs> I also know that it's a great idea someday. And so I have a running list. It's my brain dump. And all those great ideas go into there. If they're not good, they don't even go into there. Most of the time, they're good. They go into there, but they're a long-term thing. When I was starting my business and wanting to only limit to about 20 hours a week because I couldn't do more, I can't do all that stuff. I'd be right at 80 hours again. Yep. I would start though, as I'm doing the things that bring the funding in the door, I'd start putting in place the things I needed to do those, the systems, the processes, whatever it may be. And then at some point, you're ready and you can move forward, but yeah, definitely can't do it all at once. And that strategy you mentioned is in a, in a nutshell, that's how it works for everyone. But sometimes you need somebody to help you kind of navigate through those different stages. Sometimes the advice I'm giving and people are like, I haven't heard exactly that before, you know, or we mostly hear this advice, but why am I giving advice slightly different? And it's like, well, it's the difference between understanding what you have to do now. Cause I've helped a lot of companies start their marketing like from scratch, but I've also helped companies do that move from six figure to seven where they're hitting the million dollar mark. Yeah. And I've helped companies move from multi-million to billion. It's different. Yes, it is. It's the same, but it's different. It's a whole nother beast. It's a whole nother beast. And if you, yeah, it's not going to happen if you don't have those automated systems in place and those standard operating procedures in place. Yeah. A lot of people need someone to walk them through help navigate, you know? Yeah. You don't drive a car and go somewhere you've never been and just get in your car and drive and hope you'll get there. You look at a map, you know? Oh my gosh. I mean, are you reading my brain? Because like (laughs) literally one of the things I always say when I'm speaking is if you don't know where you're going, your biz will not be cohesive and therefore not profitable. So think of that map. We don't walk outside this house and go to someplace we've never been before without turning on GPS on our phone. So why do we treat our business like that? (laughs) It makes me want to do- No direction. In this, you know, like a live one-on-one and turn left now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. You're going the wrong way. Turn, turn. Yes, yes. But it's it's so true. So, And it sounds so simple, but we get so much caught up in our mind that sometimes we just need that person who can help us focus. And one of my gifts is I have a strategic mind. I love taking- problems and restoring it (laughs) like 
putting the puzzle pieces into place, giving you a step-by-step. That is one of my gifts. Your gift may be relationship building. I'm an introvert. I don't like the whole, you know, hey, how are you? The sky's blue. (laughs) Like, I don't like, I don't like that. (laughs) I want to get into, so tell me about your childhood. You know, like I'm into the deep stuff. So I would, it's better for me to hire someone that is gregarious, extroverted to handle some of the, the interactions with, with my, with my clients, which is what I have you know, a community manager. It doesn't mean that I don't love laughing and having a good time and connecting with people. But I also know that one of my strengths is not that to do that all the time. And so you got to know, you got to know yourself. Before we wrap this up, I'm going to ask you in a minute to share how the audience can get in touch with you. But before we go there, I want to ask, do you have any questions for me? No, that, that was pretty much the question I had about the marketing. And it's actually, it was refreshing to hear because I'm like, okay, I'm on the right, I'm on the right track. Sometimes I love that even with all the experience I have, I'll still read a book or listen to somebody's podcast or whatever, just to reinforce that I'm on the right track. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do that too. So now I want you to share how the audience can get in touch with you and connect with you. I am going to put links down in the description. So wherever you're watching or listening to this, if you can see the description, we'll have the links there, but also please share that now. So you can reach me at it's Jasmine Haley on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is my favorite online platform to use. I am a Jasmine without an E. So it's J-A-S-M-I-N-H-A-L-E-Y. So it's Jasmine Haley on Facebook and Instagram. My website is jasminehaley.com. And I have a free Facebook group that if you want to learn from me, I come in there weekly with topics to help you with your business. Um, Not marketing per se, because that's not my expertise. Um, But I give you enough to get you to um, get started, take that action, get the clarity you need to scale your business. And the group's name is Breakthrough to Excellence from Side Hustler to CEO. I like that cute name. Thank you. <laughs> it was so great to meet you and to have you here today for you to share some of your knowledge. And I always love when it's reinforcing kind of what you already know, because you know, it's solid advice. And that's definitely what you gave today. Thank you, Vicki, for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Now, if you have a marketing question, you can drop your question down below in the comment area, or you can visit our website, vickiwoo.marketing. And in the bottom right corner, you'll find a chat bubble icon. You can ask your question there. And Either I'll answer you directly, or I may even use your question on an upcoming episode.